Oh, yes. Welcome, everybody, to Hume Lake this summer. You guys can give it up for our cast. Hey, my name is Sarah Danes. This week, we have the wonderful opportunity, some of you may know, to hear from your speaker this week. For the rest of the week, starting tomorrow morning, his name is Brad Bell. Yes. So we'll get to hear from Brad tomorrow and for the rest of the week. But tonight, I just want to take a moment and unpack our theme. What is it that you just saw and experienced? It wasn't Hamilton, for those of you who are curious. Actually, Lin-Manuel Miranda got that idea from us, Hume Lake, so he can thank us for that. Um, why did we see that? Why did we do that? Why did we set it up the way that we did? And so tonight, that's what we're going to talk about. We're just going to talk about what is this theme of Truth Be Told all about? What is it that you guys just saw? Let me pray for us, and then we're going to jump right into it. <clears throat> Father God, we come before you tonight, and Lord, I, God, I need you. <laughs> Father, I, um, God, I'm so humbled to stand on the stage and get to open your word with these many friends sitting in this chapel. And God, I pray that as we hear from your word tonight, God, that we would be challenged, Father, to love you more, God, to know you more. And God, that as we open your word, our ideas of what we think is true would, would be challenged as we look to the truth of your word. And so God, throughout this whole week, as we talk about this theme on truth, as we talk about the fact and the reality that there is absolute truth, God, would you be with everyone communicating, Brad and myself and Mikey and our seminar speakers and our band, God, would we communicate from a place with all boldness and yet, God, a place that is genuinely motivated by love. And so, Father, I thank you for the friends sitting in this chapel. God, I am excited that they are here. Father, I am excited for another week of camp. Lord, would you work in a mighty way this week as we know that you will because, Father, where your word is taught, it will never return void. So, Father, we come before you. God, we thank you. We commit this night to you. We love you. Amen. Amen. Yes. All right, friends. If you, very important, if you guys have your Bibles, open up your Bibles to Genesis chapter 3. If there are two things, if you did not bring your Bible to chapel, but you packed your Bible to camp, please make sure that you bring your Bible to chapel to every single meeting. Because we, as we open up the text, we don't want you guys to merely take our word for what it says, but we want you guys to follow along and see that what we are saying comes straight from the word of God. So if you did not bring your Bible to chapel, make sure you do, you do bring it. If you did not bring a Bible to camp, here's what we're going to do in just a minute. We at Hume Lake would love to give you guys a Bible. And so in just a moment, if you did not pack a Bible to camp, I'm going to ask that you guys would stand up. You can go along the sides of the chapel. You can see our lead counselors in the back, and they will give you a Bible. So if that's you, you need a Bible, you didn't bring one, go ahead, stand up now, and go find our lead counselors in the back. And if you're in the balcony, there are leads up there as well so that you don't have to come all the way downstairs. Does anyone else feel like it's a million degrees in here? <laughs> because it is. <laughs> but that's okay. We are strong. 
All right, so I said this, my name is Sarah Danes. I work and I live here at Hume Lake Christian Camps and I love camp. I love when you guys are here. I love when we get to be together. I love opening up the word together. And so that's what we're gonna do this week. This summer, we chose a theme and it's titled, you can see it right behind me, it's called Truth Be Told. And a little history actually on when we developed this theme, it was the fall of 2020, <laughs> which is crazy. Do you guys remember the fall of 2020? You're like, please no, I don't ever wanna go back there. Me either. But in the fall of 2020, all of us camp directors here at Hume Lake, we got together and we we're like, man, let's not waste the pandemic. What should the next theme be? And what we heard from your youth pastors and your counselors was that this idea of truth was really, really important. That it seemed like we are getting farther and farther and farther from the truth of God's word as a culture and as a society. And so in the fall of 2020, we were like, man, let's do a theme on truth. Now, if you guys were here with us last year, you know that last summer's theme was Jaira and the Road Out of Copperhead. It was set in a Western world. We had already had that theme planned for 2021. And two years after we developed this theme, I feel and believe that it is more timely than ever before, even more than two years ago, which is just bananas. And so in the opener that you guys just saw, why did we do it the way that we did? Well, Mikey set it up at the very beginning. He said, hey, this year, we don't merely wanna entertain you guys. We don't want you guys to come into chapel and be like, wow, lights and cool things, and I could not tell you what I just learned, but that was awesome, right? This summer, we wanted it to be different. We wanted to strip away any potential distraction and get to the heart of what we're talking about. And so why did we do the opener the way we did? Just for that very reason. And you saw it, Justin, he is our, our fella who comes out and he does the spoken words or the raps, right? He comes out in the very beginning and he sets the stage for where we find ourselves in this current generation, where we find ourselves with this idea of truth, that we live in a world where relative truth reigns. Meaning, if it's relative, truth can be true for one person, but not the next, Right, and then on that first song, we watch that all play out as our character Nicole comes out and she says, me, myself, and my truth, right? Is this the only way? Is it just truth that's inside me that determines reality? Is it just what I feel and have an opinion about that's true? Justin comes back out and he says, man, here we are in this present generation where everyone is just spinning their wheels trying to understand and determine what's true. And then why did we go all the way back to the beginning, right? We rewound, uh, a la satisfied, ooh, 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 from Hamilton, right? We rewound all the way back to the very beginning in Genesis chapter three, why? Because the first question in the Bible is an attack on truth, right? You saw here as Eve and, the, and Adam and the serpent over here, the serpent comes up and he's like, did God actually say this? And when someone says the word actually to you, you're like, wait a minute, everything I thought I knew and believed, now I'm questioning, right? Why? Because it plants a seed of doubt in your mind that that thing is real or is reality or was actually said. And so open up your Bibles, Genesis chapter three, what you guys saw play out is just right here from the text. Chapter three, verse one, it says, now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? 
And the woman says to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it lest you die. Right? So she says, she's like, no, 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 I know what God said. I know what he has spoken to us. I know what he has established. I know the guidelines he has given us. I know these things. She regurgitates that truth to the serpent. He goes on. In verse four, it says, but the serpent says to the woman, after she says, no, 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 I know it's true. I know what God said. But the serpent says to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be, was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. This cycle continues today. What do we simply see here? We see that Eve knows what God has said and established, right? She knows what's true. And yet she chooses what's right in the sight of her own eyes. And you and I do this very same thing today. Maybe some of you have grown up in the church and you're like, I could recite the Bible top to end, right? And others, you're like, I didn't realize this was a Christian camp until this started happening, right? And you're like, that's me. But we are at least familiar, or at least we have been. Why? Because our culture, our world, our society in America right, has been founded on Christian morals and Christian beliefs. And so we're at least familiar with what the Bible says. And so we may know what God has said and established in his word, and yet time and time again, we choose over and over and over again what's right in the side of our own eyes. Why? Because sometimes, if we're honest, we just don't like what it says, right? Sometimes we're like, God, how could that possibly be true? And if I don't want that thing to be true, then I'm just going to determine my own reality, my own truth. And then we get into the cycle of what's true for you can be different than what's true for me. And yet Jesus in John 14, 6, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life that no one comes to the Father except through him. And so what do we do? We live in this world that's like, nah, 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 nah. Do what you want, live your truth, do what's true for you. That's your truth, that's not my truth. And yet so clearly in the gospels, excuse me, we see Jesus say that's not accurate. Simply he says, if I didn't say it, if I didn't do it, it's not true. He claims that he and truth are the same. And so what do we do now living in this world that believes something completely opposite. For some of you, this may be a brand new concept. Like I said, you may have just rolled into camp and you're like, Christian camp, my pastor said it was Hume Lake Camp. This is new, right? And you're like, what the heck? For some of you, you feel this tension, right? Many of us, all of us, I would venture to say, feel the tension of living in a society in a world where we're all just trying to determine our own versions of truth. In an effort to not hurt someone's feelings or have a different opinion or not know how to navigate a conversation, what do we do? We just go, oh, well, yeah, you can believe that. That's all good if you want to believe that. And what we're here to do this week is say, Christian, Christ follower, disciple of Jesus, our world is increasingly hostile 
to the truth of God's word, meaning that the world is going to hate us because we claim Jesus. Jesus says that the world's gonna hate you because it hated me first. And rather than going, okay, well, if we're gonna be hated and if we're gonna be disliked because we have different ideals and different beliefs, I'm just gonna shy away. I'm just gonna tell people that you can live your truth. This week we're saying, no, would we, with grace and love and in all boldness, proclaim the truth of God's word. In Psalm 47, seven through eight, it says, for God is the king of all the earth. Sing to him a, praise, a psalm of praise. God reigns over the nations. God is seated on his holy throne. Meaning that God is not just king over all the earth. He reigns over all of the nations. He is actively engaged in his creation. Tomorrow morning, Brad's gonna be teaching about the truth of God. Who is God? If God is creator and sustainer of all things, then God created truth and God gets to determine how the world works. And if that's true, and that's what we're gonna be talking about, then all of us, whether you believe it or not, sit under the sovereign rule of the God of the universe. And what is our response to that? That's what we're looking at this whole week. If God is true, if the Bible is true, if what Jesus said and did in his life and claimed while he walked on this earth is true, then how should we live? There is no middle ground. We have this cultural norm where you can be a Christ follower on Sunday and Wednesdays and then you go to school and you're like, yeah, forget that. And then you go to church again and you're like, I love you, Lord. Your arms are raised high. And then you can have a foot in both worlds, but there is no middle ground. You are either a Christ follower, a child of God, or an enemy of God. You are either a child of God or an enemy of God, meaning that if you receive the great grace and love from the God of the universe who sent his son to live the life that we could never live and die the death that we deserve, and you receive that and respond and devote your life to him, you are a child of God. And yet if you reject that, his wrath will be placed on us. We are an enemy of God. There is no middle ground. We do not get to be lukewarm in our faith. Turn your Bibles over to the New Testament in John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. It is the fourth book in the New Testament. It is the Gospel of John. I'm kind of old. I won't tell you how old I am, but you can guess. And if you guess it right, I'll tell you. Not now, later. And I still have to say Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. So don't let anyone tell you that you don't know your Bible if you have to say that out loud to find it. Because I still do. <clears throat> this, this quest, you guys, or this, um, yeah, this quest for truth and trying to understand what's true is not new. And I want to show you guys this right here in John chapter 18. This is our theme verse for this whole week. Poor baby. John chapter 18. When you get there, give me a yip yip. Oh no. Okay, I'm here. John chapter 18, verse 33. This is our theme verse for the summer. And Brad has the wonderful privilege of getting you guys all the way up to this chapter. I'm just going to go, hey, 
Jesus is performing miracles. He is working his ministry in this time up to this moment. This is before he is about to be delivered over and crucified. That's the Reader's Digest version. In verse 33, it says this, So Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered, Do you say this of your own accord, or did others say it to you about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? And so what's happening here, Pilate is not Jewish. Pilate is Roman. And so he's going, Am I a Jew? Your own people don't even want you. They have given you over to me. What the heck have you done? And if you look and if you read the text, what do you find? Well, you find that Jesus performs miracles. He makes lame men walk. He makes the blind see. And he claims to be God. So that's why the Jews are like, I'm done with it. Nope, this man cannot be God. Time and time again in the New Testament, in Jesus' life, he says, I've come in the authority of the Father. The Father and I are one. So Jesus comes and he claims to be God and this pisses him off. And so Pilate goes, what the heck have you done? And Jesus answers, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from the world. Then Pilate says to him, so you're a king. And now Pilate's going, hold up a minute. Now you're coming up against my authority. You're a king? Jesus answered, you say that I'm a king. For this purpose I was born. And for this purpose I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. And everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. And Pilate says to him, what is truth? Right? So this question that you and I are asking today, that our world is asking today, as we look around at the chaos and the pain and the brokenness in our world and going, what the heck is even true? What the heck is even going on? This question is not new. And friend, what I'm here to tell you this week, what we're all here to tell you this week, is that there is one truth, and it is in Jesus Christ. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the only one that can bring order to chaos, the only one that can bring hope in a world that is so broken. In 1 Peter 1, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ that he has caused us to be born again into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We have a living hope this side of eternity when the world is dark and broken and chaotic and painful and bad things are happening left and right. We have a living hope because we have a living savior that when Jesus came to this earth, again, to live this life that we could never do a perfectly sinless life and die the death that we deserved where the God of the universe's wrath was poured out onto his son, Jesus did not stay dead, right? He rose from the grave three days later and that's why we have a living hope because we have a living savior. This week, we're gonna be talking about six very foundational, very fundamental truths. Tomorrow morning, you're going to be hearing about the truth of God. Who is God? If he is creator and sustainer of all things, then what does that mean for you and I? Tomorrow night, we're going to be looking at the truth of the Bible. <laughs> What's the big deal? If everything is in here is true, if God is who he says he is, and if this is the breathed out, inspired word of God, then shouldn't we listen 
then shouldn't we go, God, what do you have to say as I try to understand how to walk this life this side of eternity? Is it true? We're going to be talking about that. Then we're going to look at the life and teaching of Jesus. What did he do in his life on earth? What did he proclaim about himself? What's the big deal with this Jesus guy? And then we're going to be talking about what Jesus teaches about sin, right? And what he teaches about sin, and this may be a hard message for you and I to hear, but he says that we're dead in our sin and our trespasses, that none of us can make ourselves right before a holy God, that only the person and work of Jesus Christ on the cross can make us right before a holy God. And that the wages of sin is death, right? If we choose to reject God, this side of eternity, want nothing to do with him, then guess what? He will grant us that in a real place called hell when we die and have an eternity separated from him. And then on Thursday night, we're going to be talking about, but if we surrender our lives to Jesus Christ and bow our knees before him and devote our lives to him and receive the grace and love and mercy that he extends, we will spend eternity with him. That's the good news of Jesus Christ. And then the final, final night, we're going to talk about the truth of the life of the believer. If everything, if all of those five things that I just briefly mentioned are true, then on Friday night, we're going to look at the text and go, then now what? How then shall we live? How should our life look if we are going to be a disciple of Christ? Not just someone that has a foot in both worlds, but someone who is fully sold out and says, Jesus, I will follow you anywhere, no matter the cost. The cost of discipleship is high, my friends. And we're going to talk about that on Friday night. For those of you who have been with us in the past at Hume, I mentioned it last year, we did a Western, and so we've done a film where it's like set in this world, and you're like, oh, yeah, okay, so Mose is Moses, obviously, right? That was an easy one to connect. This summer, we don't have a film like that. We still have a film, but it's done in six different spoken word pieces, kind of similar to the opener, and all it's meant to do is get you guys thinking and address the common misconceptions that you may have about each one of those truths or those realities that I just briefly mentioned, and so as Brad comes up and he teaches through each of these topics, it will be coupled with a video that you guys will see first. You'll be thinking, what the heck is this true? And then Brad's going to come up and go, let's look at the Bible and let's see what the Bible says about these topics. And the final thing I want to leave you guys with this is this. This week, there may be some hard truths that you guys are really going to have to wrestle with. There are hard truths that I really have to wrestle with. My family, I love them with every inch of my body, but they don't know the Lord. And so for me, when I go, okay, Jesus, I am devoted to you. I believe in you. I trust you, no matter the cost. And when I know that the reality of sin for those who do not place their faith in Jesus Christ and receive this beautiful gift of grace, the reality is that we spend eternity separated from him. And that is a difficult truth and a difficult reality for me to consider and stomach when I think about my family and my life that I love so dearly. And so for some of you guys this week, as we talk through these topics, as we say, man, the Bible alone determines truth, it is going to absolutely combat some of your worldviews. 
And that's going to be difficult. And so how I want to just cover this week for you guys, when you find yourself in those moments of like, yeesh, that was difficult and I don't know if I can hear that. 1 Corinthians 13, flip over there. It says this. In 13.1, for those of you guys who have ever been to a wedding, you've heard this. It says, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have and if I deliver up my body to be burned but have not love, I gain nothing. And in verse 4, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Verse 6 is what I want you guys to hear in your minds when you're like, man, this is a hard truth. Who can hear this? That love does not rejoice at wrongdoing. That your counselors and your youth pastors and staff here at Hume Lake and your friends, we are not going to rejoice and allow you guys to continue living a lie that is contrary to what the Bible says. We are not going to rejoice and say, yeah, live your truth. Amen. No, we are not going to rejoice at wrongdoing, but it says this, but love rejoices with the truth. And so from a place in our hearts that is motivated from a genuine place of love, we are going to communicate truth in all boldness to you. And when it's difficult and hard to understand, would you remember that? That this isn't because we want to point a finger and wave a finger and say, how silly that you believe this thing. No, but that we go, friend, you are loved and we care about you and we, are, we love you too much to leave you in a lie that you are believing and living. And we are going to rejoice and communicate the truth of God's word. You see, if all we do this week at Hume Lake is present to you guys a list of things that are true about God or true about Jesus or true about the concept of truth, and we've missed the point of you guys knowing that you are loved by the creator of the universe, then I think we maybe have missed it, right? Because truth always needs to be communicated from a place of love. So I want you to hear that. And I also think that some of you probably have a wrong idea of what love is because culturally we have a wrong idea of what love is. We have this idea that it's like, well, love is tolerance and I'm totally good if you do that and you do that and that's totally fine. No, we just read it, right? Love does not rejoice at wrongdoing, it rejoices with the truth. And so that's what we're gonna do this week. And I am so excited that you guys are here I believe firmly that not a single one of you being here and sitting in those seats is an accident. I think there's probably even some of you, because I think this happens every week, this isn't like <laughs> prophetic powers. No, no, no. There's probably some of you who were like, got called this morning, and it's like, Susie dropped out. You ready to go to camp? And you're like, I've got my bags packed, right? Like, I'm sure there are some of you. And so I believe that every single one of you who is here, the Lord has something for you this week. And so I would ask of you, whether you are someone who claims to be loving and following Jesus Christ or someone who goes, nope, I want nothing to do with this and all this week is for me is merely academic because I just want to know what Christians believe. Would we just be open 
to what God has for us this week, would we just open our heart and our mind and consider that maybe God knows better than we do? And for those of you who go, I don't want nothing to do with God, would you just be open? Would you just believe the best of your counselors, our Hume staff that go, man, we love you, and we're going to communicate this truth to you even if it's difficult? Does that sound good? Amen. Yes, ma'am, I like it. (laughs) I like it. More of that. Hey, here's what we're going to do. Let me pray for us because I need the Lord. (laughs) And when I'm done, gentlemen, you guys are going to go to Memorial Chapel. Men. Ladies, you guys will come down here. If you're in the balcony, you can come down here as well. Let me pray. Father, be with us tonight, God, as we are in our cabin discussions, Lord, and as we navigate as counselors, especially, Father, and youth pastors and everyone who's going to be interfacing with these questions, God, would you help us as we navigate some tough questions? Lord, as we look to the truth of your word, God, to understand and to determine our worldview, God, that we know that that's going to challenge us, Lord, because so often we choose what's right in the sight of our own eyes rather than trusting what you have said and established. We see that in the garden and we see that even now. And so, Lord, as we go from this chapel, Lord, would you be with us? God, I pray that you would open hearts and minds this week. God, we know that you alone can move a heart of stone to a heart of flesh. God, that you can make dead things, dead people alive. And so, Father, we know in confidence that you will do that this week. And, Lord, we ask that you would do that this week. Lord, we love you and we praise things in your name. Amen.